Good morning, New Song family and other honored guests that have chosen to tune into this live podcast or actually live stream, depending on what particular format you're listening to us uh, on today. Well, today is March the 29th as, as a complete of significance, maybe not to you, but to us, because 22 years ago on this particular date, New Song moved into this location at MLK and Russell uh, uh, Avenue here in Portland, Oregon. And so as our honored guest today, I just want to remind you of how we feel about this, not only this location, but over some, some of the things we're going through as, as a church, as a nation, as a city. And we hope that today that this broadcast will be something encouraging to you. And even though I'm limited to sharing my word from my office, I feel an honor to, uh, to be in your living room or whether you're some other place in your house. But today is going to be a day I believe that God's going to speak to all of us. So that being the case, uh, before I even get into the message, I want to take a moment and say thank you to all of you, especially of the New Song community that have sent cards and, and emails and text messages and other things and gifts and tokens of love during the time that I, was, I had surgery. Some of you know I had surgery on my foot. Very successful, feeling well, healing well, and I want to thank you for that. that all, after all that being said, I want to take some time today. We're going to go into a message that I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 11. Then we'll get right into the Word of God. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He sought to see Jesus and, and was and could not because of the crowd. And for he was short of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass by that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down. Make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He's going to be the guest of a sinner? And who is this guy who's going to do something of this nature? Then Zacchaeus stood and said to him, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone with false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's pray. Father, today we have an awesome opportunity to spend time together in your word. And Lord, to take this particular line, even closing line of Jesus, of saying that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Lord, when this church started 43 years ago, that was kind of the, the, the tagline that, that looms over our sanctuary, that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. And Lord, there are people today that they may not be lost in the dimension of not knowing who you are. But, Lord, there are people today that are kind of lost in the, the controversies of what we're facing at this point. They don't know what to do. They don't know which way to go. Lord, direct us today. Send us down a path that will bring us to a, a place of really knowing that we really want to see you for who you are, high and lifted up and full of your glory and your grace. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's get started today. We're going to go into the Word of God. and. Uh, 
Let's look at the word short. Word short is a descriptive word that can be applied to various situations, but its intrinsic meaning will always lead to a conclusion that something is missing or in limited supply. I think it's of no uh, consequence to any of us have heard of all, all the shortages through, through the uh, coronavirus, shortages of, of, uh, of, of various medical supplies, of masks and ventilators and hospital staff and all kinds of things that are going on. So there's a shortage there. And it means being in short supply or you just can't quite reach the mark of what we really think that we need. So the message today is from this passage of Scripture that only appears in the gospel one time. It's interesting that Luke would take that opportunity, but it's, it appears in his gospel, and it kind of paves the way for Jesus, because in a few, in less than uh, two weeks, Jesus will find himself walking down Calvary's road up to a hill, to a place where it's called Golgotha, to a place where he's about ready to surrender his life. But at this point, we want to just talk about some things that will apply to you. Number one thing, have you ever discovered things in your life that would prevent you from seeing Jesus as the one who can change your life completely. Have you ever come to the place that says, you know, I really, you know, I don't really think I measure up, but have you really surveyed those things and like, have you come to that conclusion? Second thing I'd ask you is, are you facing problems that remind you of the distance that exists between you and Jesus, preventing you from reaching out to him? In other words, you can't reach him because you're too short or your, extent, your hand can't extend to him. Third thing I would, I would suggest to you is, are there any areas of pride that would prevent you from climbing a tree to see Jesus and for him to see you? Well, let's get right into the text. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector for the Roman Empire. And let's pick up verse 2 again and read it again so, so we'll kind of understand where we're coming from. And so verse 2 says that, uh, and behold, there was a, a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And I think at this particular time in history, you know, Zacchaeus is one who worked for the enemy of the Jews. That's how he got his riches. And it doesn't surprise me that some of the people that probably could have seen him along the way, and could have maybe gave him a little bit of grace, but they weren't really interested in him because uh, he was rich and he was hated by his own people. They were going to cut him any slack because... Here, he's a part of the enemy. He's a turncoat. He's a person who's working for, for people that are working against him. And he's t collecting tax for the Romans. Really? I mean, he's for the Romans, the people that are oppressing them? And here's the third thing, but here's something interesting. He's also a son of Abraham. I think we're going to look at some, to some conflicts in Scripture today that we'll have to, have to examine from our own heart's perspective. But... The next thing we will look at is Jesus is on the road headed for his destiny to be crucified. Zacchaeus doesn't, Zacchaeus doesn't know that. All he sees is this great crowd of people that are gathering around. Everybody wants to see him. And, and they heard about him healing the sick and raising the dead, this type of thing. And so he's just kind of following the crowd. But there was one thing in his mind I think was really important. He says, you know what? I want to see Jesus. But at the same time, the reality faces him that there's a possibility he might not. For there's a crowd following him. And the next thing is he's a, uh, that Zacchaeus comes on the scene, and he, Zacchaeus is short of stature. We'll examine that word a little bit more, but even though he's short of stature, there's 
but he does have an advantage. He's big in power. And when he comes into a city, people kind of tremble because Zacchaeus is here, and they wonder if he's going to treat them fairly, and they know he's really there to collect money, and people aren't really feeling good about it. It's like the IRS guy being your next-door neighbor. I mean, it's not like he's going to be banging on your door and asking for money, but something about it seems just a little bit different. And regardless of, of whether a person is going to ask you for that, you have some all, your own personal feelings about that. So he has problems that he cannot fix because of, of his natural resources. Even though there's one thing he wants to see, he wants to see Jesus. But you know what? He's too short. It's not going to happen. Here's a part that, that we'll go back to the text. And, he, and this, it's just this one word there that I think will help us all. And we're going to use it in the context that hopefully you'll understand. The Bible says in verse 3, And he sought to, uh, to see Jesus, who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, and for he was short in stature. Well, let's look at this actually. There was one but in his life, but he was short in his life until... And, uh, but this is something that he had to learn to live with. Let me, let me digress for just a moment or two. And I want to just take you back to, to my years in, in when I was in a kid in, in, uh, in, I guess, primary school. I remember being in the sixth grade. And I wasn't short. I was tall. Matter of fact, I was taller than all the rest of the kids. And I could, I'll never forget this. We were, they were playing volleyball. And at, in, the, in the sixth grade, I was probably between 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, Everybody else is probably around 5'1", 5'2", 5'5", is a big, tall kid. And so I remember the teacher coming to me. He says, you know what? I don't think we want you playing volleyball with the kids because you're too tall. You can you could play, but you're too tall. And I remember the, the volleyball net's all set up, but I could walk up to the volleyball net, and I could stand up above it and just – hand over the net. I mean, there was no problem for me, but you know what? Because of that, because I was too tall, I couldn't play. So I understand what it's like to be excluded from something because something isn't, is, is people who can't adjust to what's going on in your life. Well, there are some, some things that we have in life that we will have to learn to live with. Isn't that interesting? You got success, you got money, you got influence, but the one thing in this particular case, you want to see Jesus, but you're too short. Let's look at it from this perspective. There are relationships that we have that may not change, and some that will not change. There are some things that only Jesus can fix. Well, here we go. We must learn to live our lives with contradictions. Now, what is that contradiction? Does that mean something sinful? Not necessarily. It, a contradiction is one of those things that comes along that could be different, that, but we can't change it. And we want to be over here, but we're really over there. And we can't, the contradiction will not move. We just have to adjust to that particular thing. Well, David declared it was good for him that he was afflicted. And let's go into Psalms 119. And I think it's a good scripture here because it'll teach us a few things about things that may not change, but we learn to adjust our lives to them. Psalm 119, verse 67 through 71. This is what, you, what he writes. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. 
you're, you are good, uh, <clears throat> and uh, excuse me, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep your precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is, is as fat as, as grease, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than a thousands of coins of gold and silver. The part that you may not understand, and I don't understand, that, that all of a sudden, even though he went through these conflicting times, David comes to this conclusion, it was good for me. What I thought was bad, what I thought was a dis disadvantage, it was good for me, he says, because I've learned to keep your laws. Some of you may want to equate that to the huge mistake that David made when he, he, was in the wrong, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. The great sin of David will, can never be excused because if he had been out to war, he never would have been with Bathsheba. But he says at this point, he says, it was good for me. Even though it was contradictory, it was good for me. He says, because I've learned something from it. I've learned to keep your laws, not just in, in, in theory, but in, in real practice. Well, let's go to another aspect of this. When we cannot afford to use the buts in our life and lives as excuses for our behavior. In other words, oh, I would have done the right thing, but that's an excuse. When God convicts us of something, we have, an we have a responsibility to, to conform our behavior to his, his desire. Well, Zacchaeus made a choice to climb a tree to get a glimpse of Jesus. That's the big picture, Okay. So he's, he's running along the road, and he can't see anything, and he's, Jesus is kind of behind the crowd and such like this. But he comes upon something called a sycamore tree. I remember as a kid, we had this, this song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree, the Savior, one day to see. And when Jesus, he was coming by, he saw him in the tree, and he said, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, please come down, I want to go to your house today. Well, that's kind of simplistic. But Zacchaeus... Uh, if you were to interpret his name, Zacchaeus means clean and pure in Hebrew. He made a choice to get in the path of Jesus and change his personal direction. I don't know where, where Zacchaeus was going before the crowd came along with Jesus. But somehow he heard the name Jesus. He sees the crowd. He says, this is the man I want to see. Something in his heart somehow aligned with the very fact of the principle of what he heard about Jesus and what he knew he needed. He seemed to be fearless, fearless toward the people who would think of him, uh, what people would think of him climbing a tree. Can you imagine being all dignified? Probably had on a really nice robe or something of this nature. But here's this guy kind of shinning up a tree? I mean, really? You're going to, I mean, Zacchaeus, don't you have any dignity? I wonder how desperate we need to be. I wonder how we need to abandon some of the things that we think about ourselves in order to really experience what we really need to know about God. So that means that he seemed to be fearless toward what people said, and he forsook his own personal direction and ran ahead to get in Jesus' path. In other words, he sees a crowd going in this particular direction. Well, he's got to run ahead. He knows he's not going to be able to see him, and then, amazingly enough, there's a tree, sycamore tree. I used to struggle with this, and I'll just give you a little insight as far as my theological background. I used to struggle with the whole terminology, and, and some denominations center around this. It's called predestination. 
Because predestination to me oftentimes was a thought process that, you know, God knows everything ahead of time, that you're going to end up here, you're going to end up there, and there's nothing you're going to do to change that situation. And my theory or my thought process wasn't really in alignment with what God's will is. I've learned now that was no coincidence, or from my perspective now, that there just happened to be a tree in the path that Jesus was going for Zacchaeus to climb for them to make it a, make a connection. Now, that may sound kind of way out there for some folks, but I believe that God knew that, that Jesus was coming down that road, that, he got, that God knew that Zacchaeus would need to have some way to get connected with Jesus. And I don't know who planted the tree, but I will tell you this much. The tree was there when Zacchaeus needed it, and all Zacchaeus needed to do was climb the tree. And I, I don't have to tell us about many, there are many times in our life that God puts things in our path, that he knew we were going to be on that particular road, and he's made provision for us, and the goal of what he had in mind was for us to be able to see Jesus and also for Jesus to see us. And so that's a pretty amazing thing, but let's go on with a little bit for, for, further by this. So he humbled himself and waited in the tree. And so here's a, here's a part, if we go back to our text, and this, this I think, is just absolutely beautiful. Because it, it continues on with the idea. And, he, and, and when Jesus came to the place, this is Jesus, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must, uh, <clears throat> you must be at, excuse me, I must stay at your house. Couple things there I think we need to take an examination for. He humbled himself and he waited for Jesus to call him. You know, I think a lot of times we want to get God's attention. We're up, hey Jesus, oh, I'm up from the tree. Hey. But he waited for Jesus to call him. I wonder if there's some times that, that sometimes we need to wait on the Lord. The Bible says this. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount upon wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I wonder today, are you willing, and if I can put this in, in context of what we're facing right now, of the shortages that we have in our life, and some people are just running to stores and trying to find this, trying to find this, are we willing to wait upon Jesus for him to make provision for us that we don't really feel like sometimes we're even worthy of? Well, that being the case, he desired to see Jesus and made no demand of him. I think in, in this particular time that we're facing as a nation, as a world, there's some people that, that are, really can't handle what the crisis that we're in. They're making demands. Why doesn't God do this? And why doesn't he find, find a cure of this particular thing? And why does everybody, does everyone have to suffer? Well, he desired to see Jesus and made no demand of him. And he chose to forsake his own plan to get in the midst of Jesus' plan. I don't know where Zacchaeus was going before Jesus came along, but you know what? All of a sudden, Zacchaeus forsook his plan to get in God's plan. I want to say something to you today. I don't know what your plan is, or what your plan was before the a coronavirus came along, but you know what? We all have had to adjust. There's things we probably never would have adjusted unless this had come along. If we can make these adjustments for our own preservation now, then what about when Jesus comes along? Are you willing to make those same type of adjustments unrehearsed and allow him to work in your life? Well, he chose to forsake his own plan and 
He's desired to, to know the ways of the Lord. There's another scripture over in Psalm 27, verse 11. Great scripture, and I hope that we'll learn some, some things from it, because I think that there's there are times in our lives that we, we can take the scripture and really allow apply it to our life and allow ourselves to learn some things that our urgencies aren't necessarily God's urgencies. Psalm 27 and verse 11 says this. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Forget the enemy part for a moment. Here's the part that I think we need to do. We need to ask God, Lord, teach me your ways. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. God has said before. But we've got to be willing to allow God to teach us his ways. Well, here's the next piece. Zacchaeus was looking for, uh, for a great shepherd to lead his life. How do you know that? Because Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go to your house. And there was no interaction other than saying, well, you can't come to my house, or there wasn't any dialogue here. It was exactly what he wanted. And so he's saying, but you better come down out of the tree and come back to the, the, the ground level of where you were before. When you went up in the tree, people could see you. When you came down from the tree, you're back to your reality of you're still short. But the, the thing that's made a difference is I'm going with you and I'm going to your house. Well, let's look at this. The tree was the only thing that could help him overcome uh, the excuses of not seeing Jesus. How about that? Just, the Bible says, but he was short. But God put the tree there, and so now he can see Jesus, and Jesus can see him. The next piece goes like this. He climbed the tree by faith, not knowing that Jesus would respond the way he did. Can I take a moment for all of us that we make steps of faith, and we, we reach out in a certain way? And I wonder what our expectation is of God when we say, well, I climbed this tree. And I think there's some people, to be frank with you, that, that are angry with God that the, this, the, the virus that we're facing even, even came to America. We feel, some people feel like we should have been bypassed for this, all the great things we've done. We're such a great nation. We've helped all these other people. Why do we have to go through this? Well, consider this. God made a tree just for Zacchaeus to overcome the obstacle that stood in his way to actually have a relationship with him. You see, that's a pretty big thing. That's a pretty big, big theological thing you're saying. But you know what? I believe it. I believe it that God knew that Zacchaeus would be on the road when his son Jesus was coming down the road. And he needed a tree to climb it. And I don't know who planted it. I don't know when they planted it. But that tree was right in the right place at the right time. That's the kind of God we serve. Because if we really want to see Jesus, God will make every provision for us to come into, into his focus. Well, <clears throat> so Jesus has created a tree to help you overcome your shortcomings. Let's look at it from, oh, I guess a very nominal point of view. Our shortcomings are things that our best plans or strategy will not be able to overcome. I guess, you know, plan as you will, save as you must, do all these different things, but I don't think anyone was prepared for what we're, what we're facing at this moment. For the Lord has predestined us to be in the path where we can receive a calling from him. In other words, Zacchaeus gets up the tree, and guess what? 
Jesus looks up and he says, says, Zacchaeus, you don't have to be in there. Come on down. I want to go to your house. I don't know how that impacts you, but I believe there's a real message for us today in that. Well, the Lord has foreknowledge of everything you need today. And right this moment, I just want you to stop for a moment and think about the things that you really feel that you need from from the Lord and take notification of the fact that he sees you where you're at this particular moment. He knows everything that you need. And he's come in his glory and his splendor to, to show himself to you. Well, we must want Jesus bad enough to forget about the crowd. I need to tell you about the crowd. <clears throat> because they get kind of get into it with Jesus about this whole idea of him going to, to, to Zacchaeus' house. So that's the part that we need to rehearse that again because they're really not too pleased about Jesus' selection of company. And so uh, <clears throat> so he made haste, haste and re- uh, received him joyfully, received Jesus joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. All of us are dealing with theys. Theys are the people in the background who are kind of mumbling, saying, well, who do they think they are? Or because of all the things that they've done or because of the person of the, the profile that he has. And if Jesus really was someone, I was following his crowd, but I'll never follow him again. Because if, he's, if that's the kind of person he lets into his kingdom, I'm not interested with that. He's going to go to his house? I think there's some things that we'll discover about ourselves in the weeks to come. Now, the things that we think that we deserve, that we really don't. That Jesus sometimes bypasses the arrogance that we have of thinking that, that we should be the head of the line and other people shouldn't have, have uh, certain things that we feel that we're entitled to. But that didn't prevent Jesus from coming to Zacchaeus' house. And then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone... By false accusation, I restore fourfold. Now, you can look at that from a particular standpoint. Is, is Zacchaeus bragging? Or is he coming to his own defense? He says, I may be short in stature, but I think I've been long in compassion. Long in compassion enough to know that, that, that this job that I have, even though I'm being criticized for it, I haven't forgotten where I've come from. I haven't forgotten about about other people that are here. And regardless of how people want to frame my relationship with you, I I believe there's something notable that that, that can be said. So I guess by climbing a tree, you're admitting that you have come up short. But the number one thing I think you need to do is kill your ego. What do you mean kill my ego? I mean, kill the part of you that says you deserve all that you've got. That means that realizing that if you've got something of advantage, you're willing to give it away to someone else and lose, and, and be, even when people aren't treating you well, you're willing to do that. The second thing I would suggest to you is forget about what people think. I think some of us get paralyzed at, a, at certain times. And the, that one but in our life, but you're short, but you're this, but you're that type of thing. And we let people label us and we forget about the fact that, wait a minute, 
Jesus has chosen to come to my house. And so all the things that, that are not pleasing to them are all eradicated by Jesus' choice to be with us. And number three, you will always come up short, but Jesus can always make up the difference. Well, let's talk about shortages just for a moment. No one needs to be, you know, schooled on this one. If you've gone to any shopping place, certain things are in short supply, and people through the whole hoarding syndrome have afforded all types of various necessities and this type of thing. People to the point that after the first week this thing came about, they bought all kinds of food and this other type of thing. They had no room to put it in their freezer, had no room to put it in their refrigerator, and a lot of it sat in the garage and spoiled. Why? Because they panicked about stuff. Well, we must be willing to humble ourselves like a child. And that's what it means when Zacchaeus chose to climb a tree. That's something that kids do. But the Bible says, unless except you become as a little child, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I believe that when he came to that particular point, he says, doesn't matter what people think. I'm climbing this tree. And I'm going to wait until Jesus calls me. Next piece, we must admit that we're desperate to see Jesus. The word desperate isn't a word that, that people like to use, but I think it's, it's, it's reasonable to use it in, in the, the times that we face right now. Desperation is oftentimes interpreted, from, interpreted by certain people out of fear. Jesus has said to us, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, I am for you. I will I'll comfort you. I'll keep you. But the desperation, I believe, of Zacchaeus was that he didn't want to miss an opportunity that he probably would never have an account and have an opportunity again. And so at this particular time, he made the right choice. He was not defeated by the crowds who, uh, <clears throat> or who the crowds thought he was. He climbed a tree in front of his haters. Can I talk about your haters for a moment? Because you all have them. You say, what do you mean? Come on. All of you, myself included, have haters. There are some people that do not wish you well. They do not wish that, that, you, that you survive whatever we're going through. They, they would put themselves ahead of the line before they even consider you. But the thing about it is, in, in spite of his haters, Zacchaeus still climbed the tree. Jesus saw him when he was willing to climb above his problems. Can I take you above your problems today? Because the problem for for Zacchaeus, was a crowd. That's what the Bible says. Because of the crowd, he couldn't get to where Jesus was. So I want to take you today in the spiritual realm. If you see a crowd that, that's hindering you, then be willing to take the, the facility that, that Jesus made for you, and he'll find a way for you to get above the crowd and see things from a different perspective. Here's what the Word of God says. We are seated in heavenly places. That means, you know, I've heard people say this, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay under the situation. You don't belong under the situation. God has already seen you as being, as a person, seated above all the things that you could ask, think, or even imagine. Well, he climbed above his problems. He climbed above his situations. But he climbed while he still had time before Jesus came by. Today I want to tell you, you have time. You have time to get up the tree and wait until Jesus comes along. And when he comes by, 
You don't have to wave your hand because he'll see you there. Because he has a divine appointment with you. Well, humility is admitting that you come up short. I love this account in Romans, and I believe it'll be one thing that, that will be an anchor point for you for this week and for the days to come. Because Paul, to, when he's speaking to the Romans, he, he's, he's pretty direct and pretty uh, uh, upfront when he says it words like this. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. He says, But now the righteousness apart from, from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of, of God, through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let me tell you, all of us fall short. I didn't say all of us are short. All of us fall short of the glory of God. That means don't let people discourage you by their comments about you. The devil cannot stop you from receiving what God has for you. Position yourself to receive everything that God has for you. Well, Zacchaeus made his declaration of faith in the presence of Jesus. And when we go back to that declaration of faith, he's just saying, I'm willing to do anything. I've already done the things, that, all that I know to do. But what I really want more than anything else is your presence in my life. I'm getting to conclude with this, this particular thought because without the only things that he said, he said, I'll restore fourfold things if I need to. And here's the statement from Jesus. And Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house. And because he is also a son of Abraham, for the son of God has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I don't know how he felt when he was climbing the tree, but he knew he had to see Jesus. And the revelation of what Jesus says that today salvation came to this house was a fulfillment of his willingness to do what didn't even seem possible or seem reasonable. He knew that he was in the presence of Jesus and was willing to do whatever it took to have him stay at his house. His Hebrew name, incidentally, meant clean and pure. What he wanted to do was to live up to the name that had been given to him. And so by Jesus coming to his house, this is what Jesus said to him that brought salvation to his, his household. Salvation was available to him because he desired to be in the presence of Jesus. Well, Jesus will come to your house today. What do you mean by that? Well, he said, I already know Jesus. Well, yeah. But what about this? He will come to your house today. But you remove the but you were short type thing. In other words, you remove the excuses of why he can't. The fact that you see you come up short is you make provision for God to make up the difference of what's necessary for you to have a, a view of him. Second thing would be this. You're willing to do something that seems ridiculous to others. The one thing that, that people that will never see God for who he is are people who are steep with pride, who are trying to hold on to their reputation or trying to hold on to something they see, think is so dear to them, that they'll, they'll miss the whole experience of who Jesus is. The third thing I would, I would say, reclaim your true identity as a son. Remember, he is from the, from the lineage of Abraham, 
But he's not operating in the lineage of Abraham because everyone thinks he's a, he's a turncoat. He's turned against the, the people of Israel because he's a tax collector. But he now has his real identity because he says, this day salvation has come to this house because he's come to seek and to save that which is lost. And when, you, when, when he climbed that tree, he recognized that he needed to see Jesus. Here's the last and most important point I would like to leave with you. If you're willing to climb a tree for him, he will climb a tree for you. And that's what Jesus did. And we're going to celebrate that in a couple of weeks. So he climbed a tree. Zacchaeus did. Jesus saw him. But only a few weeks later, Jesus is about to climb or be nailed to a tree for his sins, to be delivered up for all of his sins, that he might enjoy the salvation that was offered to him by saying that salvation has come to this house. Jesus made a promise he says, salvation comes to this house, and it was just, a, but it was a few, you know, weeks down the road that fulfillment would come. He says, he, he says, this today's salvation comes to this house. He says, I'm the person of salvation, but I'm about ready to show you. You climbed a tree, but I'm going to take a tree that will take care of all the sins of the whole world. And you today, if you turn your life over to Jesus, that he climbed a tree for you that takes care of all the things that come between you and have a relationship with him. Well, that's all I have to say to you today. I want to spend a moment and pray with you as, as we close this time together. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that this story about Zacchaeus would really, really come to the hearts of individuals, that they would say to you that I really need to climb a tree and forget about my pride and all the buts and the excuses that I try to say that why I can't or shouldn't or, or why people would, would criticize me for it. I want to thank you, God, because of the time that we're going through this is a test to our faith, is a test to the fact of whether we believe you to be who you say you are. And I pray today that, that through the, the days and the weeks to come that we will have our hearts open to the power of your Holy Spirit, that, we'll, that you, as you have looked up and you've seen us, you would see, we'd hear the words that I want to come to your house because, Lord, that's what you're saying by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the times that we're in, Lord. I thank you for divine provision that will come to all of us as we learn to realize how much we need you in our lives to make a difference. And Lord, thank you for this day. We give all glory and honor and praise to you. In Jesus' name, amen.